Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3, so stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hello everyone, this is your host Alex, and today I have with me Ariane Murphy. Ariane Murphy is an OG. She has been working for the last five years in crypto marketing, took the previous Bitcoin company she used to work for from private to public, listed on the LSR, and now is a portfolio CMO at Forcefield. Hi, Ariane. How are you? Hi, I'm very good, Alexandra. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for um, being uh, on our episode today. And I'm so excited. Um, I think it's what you're doing is something pretty extraordinary. And I can't wait to share your knowledge with our listeners. Awesome. I'm very, very excited to be here as well. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself, your background and how you got into Web3. Absolutely. Um, so good question. Um, I was originally working in a number of different fields, sports marketing, sponsorship, PR, comms. Um, but it was about five years ago um, that I met um, an entrepreneur um, based in the UK that said, um, listen, I've got this idea that I want to do something in blockchain. I haven't figured out what it is yet. Would you be interested in, in joining? Um, and I said, absolutely. Blockchain is something that at that point I had heard of and I started to read about sort of six months prior to that point. I think this was about 2018, if I remember correctly. Um, and so at that point I decided, yeah, I'm going to jump ship. I'm going to leave what I'm doing right now. And I'm just going to jump into this new industry, new world that's called blockchain. I knew a little bit about it, but not much. Quite a leap of faith, I, right? <laughs> exactly. I did, uh, just wanted to go for it. Um, and so I did that five years ago. Um, and then this idea that he had um, evolved into becoming a Bitcoin app um, that is now a the only and first publicly listed company offering Bitcoin services to consumers. Um, and I was part of that process of shaping the idea, um, building the app, marketing it, promoting it in the UK market, and finally eventually listing it on the London Stock Exchange. So I was actually part of the team that IPO'd the company it's a very, very interesting process for me um, because not only we were IPOing for the first time, but also IPOing a crypto business. So uh, a very interesting sort of first few years for me in the industry. And I hope that the, the years to come are as interesting. Um, and what do you do now? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, about six, uh, nine months, actually. Um, I decided uh, that I needed a new challenge. I'm all about challenges and changes. Um, and I decided that I wanted to go down sort of the consultancy advisory route. Um, and so I'm currently working with a company called Forcefield. Um, it's a, an operating arm of a VC called Kinetic Capital um, that invests across Web3 businesses, e-commerce across the globe. They're based in Hong Kong. Um, but Forcefield itself um, is the marketing and growth partner of some of these portfolio brands that Kinetic works with and invests in. Um, so I'm a portfolio CMO at uh, Forcefield, and I basically um, help uh, their portfolio companies to grow. Um, and I advise them on strategies, go-to-market strategies, how to position their, their brand, how to uh, build a brand book if they don't have one, what is, how to identify 
personas, um, all the way to sort of those basic fundamental marketing principles, building those with the founders, but also going all the way to actually execution campaigns, running influencer marketing campaigns, running paying media campaigns, um, and running all sorts of community infiltration campaigns as well. So all the way from strategy to execution, everything happens within um, within Forcefield, and I run the, the teams that make it happen. What does it mean to be a portfolio CMO and does this role look like any other um, around there? Um, portfolio CMO is kind of just another word for fractional CMO, I'd say. Um, fractional CMO is maybe a term that listeners would be more familiar with. It's um, sort of you give time to a number of projects and you act as their interim CMO. Um, so some of the projects I work with have a CMO and I just go in as extra support, extra helping hands, extra pair of eyes, right? Um, but sometimes um, they don't have any teams um, or they have maybe one marketing manager or nothing at all. Um, and so I go in and sort of with my team at Forcefield take over all of those marketing key functions and help them scale. What kind of companies do you have in your portfolio, uh, in the portfolio that you're working with? Yeah, so um, it really varies. Um, but right now we have um, layer ones, uh, layer zeros. So some, um, quite a few players in interoperability, actually. Um, a big, big theme in blockchain at the moment. Um, so we're helping a few um, projects in that field um, uh, market themselves. We also have a bunch of NFT marketplaces. Um, I, I can't give uh, specific names, but we have a top five NFT marketplace as part of our, our client, um, a list of clients, sorry. And then we also have an engaged to earn um, platform uh, that we're currently advising. Um, the reason why I'm saying it varies is because we're now speaking to a bunch of other clients um, that that we may have as as um, partners in the next few weeks, few months. So, um, but yeah, that's what we have today. Layer ones, layer zeros, NFT projects, um, and, and play to earn, engaged one. And if I understood correctly, you only help them when they need, right? Or like when they have a, an issue and they cannot cover it internally? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I wouldn't recommend companies to come for marketing support in general when there is an issue. There's always it's always better to come to prevent rather than resolve, right? Um, but yeah, that is the ultimate um, reason when people come and ask for our help because they have figured out that internally they're lacking some some resource um, or, or they, they have an issue that they need to tackle and it's very present and they want to fix it now and that's why they need our help. One of the things I touched on recently is uh, on my LinkedIn post uh, was about like the types of marketing people that uh, any company needs in their team. And I was wondering if you can tell me a bit about what you've noticed in the companies that you've working with, like what kind of marketing people do they have there? Yeah, I, I mean, I can give you um, types of marketing people that they currently have, the projects, but also more specifically, I'd say what's interesting is what I think um, the uh, these clients or projects would need um, or what makes a good Web3 marketeer, for example. Um, I would say that um, in my mind, I'm sure some people may differ, um, but in my mind, a good Web3 um, marketeer um, 
would need to have the skills of um, understanding community management and community growth. Um, and that, what I'm seeing today, is lacking. Projects don't have the right community people. Sometimes, okay, uh, that you do find projects where they have fantastic heads of community and they've got it figured out and and they really understand the 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 ins and outs of how their communities operate. But I think it, it's number one skill, as we know, in Web three, and that is generally a lack in the teams I, I see. I'd also say that very very important a very important skill is also to be able to um, understand branding and know how to build a brand. Um, we we know that Web three uh, and specifically now with all of the sort of turmoil that's going on and existential crisis that we're going through um, due to all the sort of latest uh, events, FTX and Luna and and so on. We know that it's very important, more important than ever, to tell the story in the right way and build a profile that enhances and humanizes the team behind the project. Very, very important that people have trust in the teams and you have to know how to build a brand based on those two things, including others. But it's super important to have that element of humanization of the team trust build um, around your identity. Um, and again, I think that's something that's lacking at the moment and that we, we need to get better at or teams, um, projects and teams need to get better at. Another thing is, I would say, uh, growth hackers. So um, I really enjoy going into a team um, that has this growth hacking mentality or has someone that has some sort of growth hacking mentality because they quickly get things and they quickly get the need to experiment. And I think that is so, so important. If you go in uh, pretending to know how a campaign is going to run and how successful it's going to be, and you're going to fail because no campaign works twice and no campaign that has worked before will work with the, with another project. Um, so it's, it's super, super important to have, to have that mentality of experimentation and testing and learning and failing and, and, um, and learning from those fails. So I think that that is very, very important. Um, it sounds obviously cliche, but I think, um, a, a good team will have, especially at the very beginning, um, when the company is still in early stages is to have a jack of all trades, right? <laughs> you need to have someone that is capable of running or, or devising a, a KOL influencer campaign, as well as someone that is capable of putting a, an incentive, uh, an ambassador program with incentives, tiers, mechanisms um, together, um, and something that is going to work effectively that people are not going to take advantage of. Um, also someone that is able to go out there and sort of reach out to potential partners and just start that outbound without having to be told to do it. Um, and also someone that can um, master Twitter, know how to do posts and know to, uh, how to engage with the, with the community. So I think those are generally things that I would love to see in a marketing team and it, it's not always there. Um, so being able to recruit snippets of these skills, um, I think would make for, for a fantastic marketing team. 
So when I first joined, uh, when I first entered the space, actually, one of the things that I noticed or I thought it was happening was that a lot of this um, Web3 companies would have very senior people in, the, in their marketing teams, either seniors in their experience or or and very knowledgeable about the space. And I wanted to ask you, um, has this, uh, is this your opinion as well? Because mine kind of has changed um, over the past year or so. Um, so your question is whether there are still senior people in projects versus non-senior? Is that the question? The question is, um, <laughs> do you also feel like a lot of these companies are only looking for senior uh, ah. marketers? Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a tough one, but overall people will want the best of the best and they'll want to want to pay the, the, as little as possible. Right. And, um, I was chatting to someone earlier, another sort of, um, CMO level, uh, person in the industry. And he was saying that he's been seeing a lot of roles advertised, um, as, senior marketing manager or VP uh, of marketing, head of marketing, but they want the experience of CMOs. So there's a little bit of tactics there to try to always get the best and pay less. Um, but I, I think that you, you need to, you can't just rely on having the top team in your marketing um, department. Uh, because otherwise you're never going to scale. You have to go for quality, you have to go for talent, but you have to also allow for different levels of experience because otherwise the marketing budget is just going to um, uh, go down the toilet. You're just going to hire two people and you need potentially 10. They'll do the job of four because they're very good, but they won't be able to do the job of 10 people. Um, so I, I wouldn't be able to say if all marketing, I mean, the, the general trend right now is that there's more senior than junior. Um, but I definitely think that, I mean, that's going to change now. Um, I don't know if you've seen in the news, lots and lots of layoffs has been happening. I think Huobi laid off 20% of people today of their workforce. Um, Silvergate has laid 40%. Um, Genesis laid 30. So I think there's going to be a lot of movement in, in marketing teams going forward and a lot of change in skills and a lot of people from Web2 taken this uh, opportunity to jump into web three. So we'll start to see less senior for sure. And more people with open minds about where to take the space, which could be very, very interesting. Now that you just mentioned that a lot of companies are, are laying off a lot of their staff, what type of knowledge people should have to move into Web3? And I'm not talking here just, as a, just on a marketing level, but also about the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, as, uh, as you pointed out, knowing the space, um, is key, um, understanding the fundamentals, um, the fundamental underlying economic principles of blo uh, blockchain and why we're doing what we're doing is also super important. If you can't, understand why this industry is being created, there's no point in working with Web3 project. Um, you might want to work in a Web2 company doing some sort of NFT loyalty collectible point system that's still very, very Web2, but the, the reality is that Web3 is not inspiring enough for you. You don't really 
uh, are not part of the movement. And the community that's joining Web3 projects are, want to be part of the movement in the majority of cases. There are some people that just get into to make quick money and so on. But that, I think, is the minority. So really understanding the principles, the basic principles of why blockchain, why decentralization, and so on is, is key in order for you to be a successful marketeer. As I said as well, knowing the space, reading Twitter every single day, reading Reddit every single day, following key accounts of thought leaders, opinion leaders, reading lots of newsletters, um, and just reading and analyzing the news um, on a daily basis, I think is also uh, critical. If you This space moves so, so fast that if you are behind, then you're not going to be reputable and you're not going to be trustworthy in what you do. And if you are not able to react quickly with community comms and, and just general comms, then um, yeah, it, it, people won't trust your brand. Um, and then finally, I'd say as well that crypto marketing um, is very dependent on market sentiment, right? That's very different to web two marketing um, because it's very much you sell a product, find ways to um, to sort of make money. Yes, there's seasonality, especially in e-commerce, but less because there's not a lot of money that people put up, right? Here's people putting money, investing, and, and you're following other people's decisions. When people invest, you invest more, there's a bull market. When people stop investing, there's a bear market and so on. So you have to learn to adapt your marketing strategy and potentially your marketing budget as well. I've seen lots of companies, and this is a tactic I've employed myself, where I turn budgets off when it's a bear market because um, especially in exchange products. My, my previous company was um, a product where you'd buy and sell Bitcoin when there was little volatility, when there was a bear market, when there was no momentum um, happening. I would reduce budget significantly. Um, when there was a lot of volatility, uh, a, a lot of momentum, a lot of news being um, uh, published about crypto, then that's when I'd take it, uh, take advantage, right, um, and and put those marketing budgets up. So it's knowing to be reactive to this ultra micro, uh, but also macro um, movements. And they're all based on market sentiment. So I think that's something that Web3 is, is very unique for um, and probably differs from, from uh, Web2 quite significantly in that sense. Yeah, I was about to ask like what kind of... Um what kind of experience can bring people bring from their um, from being marketers in, in Web2 and what maybe what are the differences between uh, Web2 and Web3? Um, you already mentioned some. Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, there's quite a few differences. Um, one of the main ones I talk about um, are actually is when you have a Web2 project, you don't often promote it before it's actually launched. You do everything in silo, you do everything sort of hidden and don't build a community, just try to build a product. And then as soon as you're ready, you launch. In Web3, it's quite different. I think it's very, very interesting because you can actually build a community prior to a project being launched, get decision makers to help you in how to shape that product through a DAO or just 
because there's community interaction, you want just to hear feedback from the community and you can start building a brand prior. You don't have to wait to the point of launch. So I think that's something that defers and makes Web3 better and it's better for founders and, and, and teams that are looking to get ideas and refine their projects um, before actually launching their MVPs, right? Or their final product products. Um, so I think that's um, a key difference. Um, another key um, uh, difference is the fact that in Web3, you're mostly, in most cases, dealing with shareholders. They're not your followers, in many cases, they're your shareholders. If they've bought, if you have a token and you're encouraging people to buy your token, you are dealing with investor relations. Those people are shareholders, token holders. So investor comms are become super critical. Whereas in Web two, unless you're working for a public company, you don't really need to think of investor comms. Um, but in Web three, in ninety percent of the projects, there you have a token and you have to um, be very, very careful with how you communicate token price rises, although a lot of projects don't care and don't even think about it, but they should, because there's a lot of money at risk being put by retail investors. So again, that's another uh, very big difference. Um, I mentioned um, the story, the why, the emphasis on the brand and, and, and telling the, the, the mission statements. I think that's both important for Web 2 and Web 3. But again, because of this underlying principle of decentralization and, and blockchain that we're trying to educate about, it becomes even more important. So um, putting a, a focus on that uh, from a marketing perspective is, is also key. And then finally, I'd say having tokens um, uh, allows you to use that as um for, for marketing. They are a marketing tool in a way, right? Um, you can leverage tokens and uh, tokens as an incentive uh, for ambassadors, for airdrops, um, to pay your employees, right? Um, so th there's a lot of things that with tokens you can actually do in Web3. Web2 you can't because you deal mostly in fiat. Um, but yeah, Web3 has that capability. The paying employees and tokens, I think, might change a little bit in the, in this year um, because with FTX um, having paid most of their employees and, and FTT tokens um, and that not going very well, that may change. But I think there'll still be um, uh, a trend to want some sort of percentage of your salary and tokens. And I think that that is a, a benefit of the industry. I know you had a lot of resources uh, on your hand, let's say. So I don't want to say money, but I want to say resources. Uh, <laughs> and you've done like pretty amazing campaigns. And I wanted to ask if you can tell us about a campaign you've done. Um, as I know, um, you've um, you've had a lot, quite a lot of challenges with the companies that you've worked for so far. So I would like to uh, for you to share a story with us. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll share a brief one. Um maybe for, uh, re regarding the earn to, uh, engage to earn platform, um, that I was working with. So they, they basically came to us with, um, a request, which was, we need to grow the number of users utilizing the, our platform. We've got a big number of email, um, users, but they haven't actually converted to users. And in addition to those, we want to run an acquisition campaign to try to get even more, um, users. So, and we've only got eight weeks, they said, um, and we need to reach, uh, I think the number, the original number was a hundred K users in just two weeks. Right. 
So we're like, okay, uh, interesting challenge. They were both app users and desktop users um, that they could accept. So we ran um, basically a dual campaign, um, bringing in downloads and installs, running an acquisition campaign for that, as well as um, an acquisition campaign for desktop users. Um, And we also run a reactivation campaign on the email list that was a very valuable email list. But as we started cleaning it, um, because it had been a while since they hadn't communicated to these users, as we started cleaning it, it became much, much smaller uh, of, a, of an audience. I think we started with 600K. Um, and as we cleaned it, um, we had about 100K or potentially less um, users that we could email. And then on the back of that, as soon as you start emailing, open rates are 10, 20, 30%. So those numbers start decreasing. Um, but with a, a very robust, comprehensive um, strategy across desktop app through different app network ad, uh, ad networks focused on mobile performance and the email campaign and we also did a lot on reddit actually um we uh, basically did what we call an organic infiltration campaign where we um work with reddit users to try to boost um a particular brand name and in this case it was this engaged to earn client we would tap into different conversations that were already happening about um, topics that were relevant to this client. And then we'd say, hey, go and check this out as if we were a user. They were users, but we were sort of kind of telling them, hey, post this here. Um, And then we did that with hundreds of accounts. um, And very, very quickly, we started to see the views and the users come in. And um, bottom line is we reached 150,000 users in about eight weeks. Um, So we overachieved our target um, and we're very happy. The client was very happy. Um, They couldn't believe actually that we did it. It took us a while at the beginning um, because we had to figure out lots of learnings. Um, The ads weren't performing at the beginning. We had to make some tweaks. So all of that took us about three weeks. So we lost in theory three weeks, but we actually caught up towards the end of of, of the period and yeah, and overachieved our target. We were super happy. (laughs) What a comeback, right? Yeah. And obviously, (laughs) sorry. uh, uh, Yeah. Obviously all those users were active users engaging with the platform and so on. Um, So yeah, good, good activity of the back of those campaigns. Um, can you give an example of a tool you recommend using? Um, and if, especially if it's a web three tool, it's even better. Um, yes. So, uh, apart from all the basic ones, um, that every marketer probably uses already, I've come across, um, these community analytics tools that I'm starting to see are super, super valuable in Web3. Um, and we've actually at Forcefield partnered with Ahoy Connect, which is exactly that, a community analytics tool, tool that allows you to monitor um, the engagement of your community to very, very advanced levels. Um, you can see who specifically is engaging the most with specific posts, uh, or either on Twitter, on Discord, on Telegram, uh, all the channels that you would uh, generally use um, for a Web3 project. And then you can actually go in and uh, set scores for how you want to grade the number of, let's say, uh, retweets versus shares versus likes on Twitter or versus a comment on Discord or anything, any interaction, you can actually score it. 
And once you've set up all the scores as you see them internally and as you value them internally, then you start to get a, a really good picture that's tailored to your brand and tailored to your KPIs and goals internally of, of the health of the community and things that need to be improved and so on. So I'd say Ahoy, A-H-O-Y, Connect is a, is a very good tool. There's others, but um, because we are working with them, I'll just mention them. <laughs> but yeah, they're very good. Would this, would this be a possibility for um, for any company or for a specific company to, to find their most engaged users and maybe transform them into brand ambassadors? Absolutely, exactly. That's that's the point. It's you find those that are engaging with your content the most that you may have not seen um, by just spending time on Twitter because you can actually spend time on Twitter and figure it out. But this gives you a holistic view across all platforms. You can see, oh, okay, this Twitter guy seems to be this Twitter guy on Discord. It actually suggests who if they're potentially the same. Um, and um, and then you can reach out to them proactively and say, hey, do you want to work with us? Do you want to become an ambassador? Here are the incentives and so on. So it is a way to to find um, key brand ambassadors. Absolutely. Um, before we, we close this off, we, we wrap this up, I want to ask you, like, where can people find you? Um, I'd say, uh, LinkedIn probably is the best or Twitter, although I'm mostly active on LinkedIn and it's Ariane Murphy. Um, and on link on Twitter, I think I'm Ariane Murphy as well. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, they right, can DM me anytime. <laughs> all right, Ariane. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it's been a great talk. And uh, I'll ho- I hope to, to hear back or to have you back as a guest and uh, talk more about the campaigns that you're doing. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Have a nice one. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to our Out of Ordinary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more content like this, then open up the podcast app and click on the follow or subscribe button. It takes less than five seconds and is the single best thing you can do to support the show and stay up to date to more marketing strategies that are being used in the Web3 space.